Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography, the podcast where real couples like us candidly navigate the journey to a healthier, more connected life. Join us as we share personal experiences, expert insights, and practical tips to help you thrive in your relationships and break free. Together, let's repair and build a rock-solid connection, becoming a couple that can overcome any challenge. I'm Zach. And I'm Darcy. Did you know that pornography doesn't have to destroy you or your marriage? We're the parents of eight active members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and we love to help people just like you. We're here to share hope and healing as we take you through our journey and the journeys of our amazing clients to greater joy and love. Come grow with us to a happier, more meaningful life. Welcome Welcome to to the the Self Mastery Podcast. Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Self Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Spafford, with my lovely bride, Darcy. Hi. Hey, how you doing? I'm great. Tomorrow's my birthday. Except for people are hearing this a week later. So, yeah. (laughs) Happy birthday. Thanks. What? How old are you going to be these days? I think I'm going to be 38. I'm getting old. 38. That's pretty awesome. Getting old, man. We've succeeded in staying alive at least at least that long. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, so this week we got so one of the podcasts we did, so the 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 podcast we did on accountability partners. So I think that was like two pod two, two or three. three podcasts ago. Someone emailed us after and they said this. I just listened to your most recent podcast about the vulnerability partner versus accountability partner. And I'm left with one question. When you are the vulnerability partner and the pornography user is expressing feelings of having a bad day or not feeling well about himself, what does the vulnerability partner respond with? Aside from listening, what should they do or say to help? So I thought this would be a really good topic to discuss with you because I think that this is something that really fits into your wheelhouse as a coach for women who's partners are struggling with pornography viewing and how they can really, I think, just start moving the needle in terms of allowing them, their partner to be vulnerable with them in ways that they probably weren't able to do before. Yes. I love this topic and I think this will be a super awesome discussion between the two of us. Okay. So when you're being a vulnerability partner, hearing someone express their feelings of having a bad day or not feeling well about themselves. So I imagine this is kind of like someone comes, I would come to you and I would say, I don't feel good. I don't, I, you know, I'm lonely or I'm frustrated or I'm stressed or whatever. How can you best respond? So one of the big growth moments for me was when I was willing and able to listen to Zach's struggles and what he was going through and not make it mean everything about me. And I think that is a huge component of being a a vulnerable partner with your spouse is being willing to hear their truth, being willing to show up in, in a supportive way and not make it mean anything about you, which... I realize is is a really hard thing to do, right? When your partner struggles with pornography, it can feel so very personal. It and and it does. It does for a lot of women and even when we think, "Oh, I know it's not about me," right? Even if we intellectually know that, it's hard for us to truly feel that in our in our heart. And so, I think when we can get to the bottom 
of what's going on for ourselves and realizing what we're making it mean. And we can begin to like untangle that, that, um, like net. I kind of feel like, I feel like it like keeps you trapped a little bit. Then you can begin to really hear your partner and, and listen to their heart and, and what their struggles are. Well, that's that attachment theory, right? Which is, you know, um, your, I, I require your good functioning for my own good functioning, right? And, and what you're talking about there is this idea of differentiating yourself from your partner while still choosing to be with them, right? Yeah. And you're saying, okay, I don't have to have your good functioning for my good functioning, meaning I don't have to have you always doing exactly what's right all the time perfectly for me to do my very best in, in you know, difficult situations like a situation where I come to you and I say, Hey honey, I, I'm, I, I don't feel good. I don't feel good about who I'm being or I'm stressed or I'm frustrated or, or I, I chose to look at pornography or, last night and I, I'm feeling crappy about it. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I, I think the huge part of that is how, how would you want to show up if your friend came to you and said that, right? So if your best friend comes to you and says, I'm struggling with this. How would you show up for that friend versus your husband, right? And if you can show up the way that you would want to show up for your friend, for your husband, I think that's a pretty good start. I kind of like to think about this as if I'm really struggling, say I have a really bad day with the kids, or you know, maybe I got in a fight with my sister, right, anything, and I'm just really struggling, and I go to Zach, and I tell him what's what's on my heart and what's what I'm feeling, how do I want him to show up for me? And I want him to show up for me in a loving way. I want him to, to listen. I want him to, to try and understand me. Even if he can't fully understand me, I, I, I like it if he can try to understand me, right? I, I want him to have empathy, I want him to be willing to hear me out and I don't necessarily want him to fix it, right? I don't want him to tell me what I should or shouldn't do, right? I just, I want him to just listen and be there for me. And I think that that is a huge first step when your husband is trying to come to you and share his deepest struggle with you. So I think this is a lot like imagining that you're, you know, you're the one disclosing and this, that you're, saying this to someone that is not your partner, right? So maybe um, you're talking to someone who's a friend of yours and you're, you know, they're a particularly good listener. And whenever you talk to them, you know they're not going to judge you. You know they're going to listen. You know that they, um, they are only paying attention to what you tell them and they don't think you're a bad person for any of the things that you say to them. And you think of maybe like the hardest struggle that you currently have, whether it's, you know, maybe eating or... Uh, Depression. Yeah, whatever that is. And imagine that the person you're disclosing your struggles to is responding exactly the way that you think that the Savior would. That's, in a lot of ways, how I imagine your partner would want you to respond. And I think that's different than silence. Or unwilling acceptance, which, you know, be aware, right? You know, 
we when we do these podcasts, we we always try to make one thing clear: is that the hurt and the and the frustration and the pain that is caused or that is created when one of our you know very closest people, you know, in this case, often a spouse, but even a child or a friend or a brother or sister or parent, the parent engages with pornography. There's very real, real pain there because we believe that pornography has some very detrimental impacts in our lives. So I don't mean to diminish that in any way at all. But the key here is if I'm creating an open and honest dialogue with my partner, and I really, truly do want to hear exactly what it is that's actually going on for them. I've got to be a lot more willing to hear it and not judge it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I've talked about this example before on the podcast. It's really one of my favorite examples of the way that the, the Savior responds to people. And this is the, the woman who's brought in adultery. And if you're not familiar with that story, you know, go, go check it out in the Bible. It's a great story. Um, but to me, it is just this great indication of how the Savior really does want us to respond not only to ourselves, but to others. You know, so the woman, she's brought by a group of men, and, um, and, and they say, hey, you know, what should we, we should stone this woman, right? She's committed adultery. We've caught her in the very act, they say, which I always find funny. Like, they, they brought one person <laughs> out of two. <laughs> Wait a minute. So we literally caught these people in the very act, but we only brought one. When I was, it's like, obviously you guys have a, an axe to grind here. And the Savior ignores them. He basically kneels down and he, or he crouches down and he you know, draws in the sand. And then they're like, hey, no, seriously, we really think that we should stone this woman. What say you? Right? And he's like, okay, fine. Whichever one of you is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And, of course, he then goes back to drawing in the sand, and they all are convicted by their own conscience, and they walk away, not having stoned this woman. And he looks up, the Savior looks up, and he says, Hey, um, where are those thine accusers? Hath, hath no man condemned thee? And she says, No man, Lord. And he says, Then neither do I. Go and sin no more. Right? He doesn't lecture. He doesn't, like freak out he doesn't tell her how much it's going to cost him or how long he's going to have to hang on the cross for it or how many drops of blood it's going to be in gethsemane he just says i don't condemn you go and sin no more right and that is i think just the epitome and of course that particular woman she she didn't i don't think she volunteered to be there but your partner is volunteering to be there with you and sometimes you're going to catch him right Mm-hmm. That's going to happen. And sometimes you're going to find out in very embarrassing ways. And if we want to be open, and, and this goes for men and women. This isn't just a, a man's problem. But if you want to create open dialogue, you need to get to the same place the Savior was, which was, I'm not going to condemn you for what you did. Just keep moving forward. Don't sin anymore if you can do it. And we, we were having this discussion in Sunday school, and somebody from the back was piped up and was like, well, you know, how many times is the Savior going to do that, essentially, right? What about personal responsibility was the question. But my answer was, I think the Savior would respond the same time or the same way every time for seven times, 70 times that you come to him with this. He's going to say, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. 
And I'm not saying that, you know, you should stick it out forever with your partner if they're not willing to change or try or grow or be better. What I am saying is if you want to create an open and honest dialogue, if you want to be a vulnerability partner, an open vulnerability partner with your spouse, with your friends, with your siblings, your brother, whatever it is, right? Then you got to get to that same place. Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. And I don't think anybody who's coming to you doesn't really have like this deep understanding of how inadequate they are being when they turn to pornography. Like I know for me, I felt terribly inadequate. I felt deeply, deeply weak and wounded when I when we talked about pornography. And very broken. Yes. And I can almost guarantee you that whoever you're talking to, they're beating themselves up pretty regularly for it, which is, I think, what we all do when we sin. Yeah, and, and just to clarify, the men and women that we've worked with, they're 99.9% of them very committed to removing pornography from their life and from their marriage. They're not coming because they're like, hey, I don't really want to give this up. I'm just here for show. You know, that's not the attitude they're bringing. And, and so there are people out there that are like, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm just going to choose to look at this and do whatever I want. So so that's that, not really who we're talking about. That's not who we're talking about, right? Because right. if that's the situation you're in, then then it might not be be worth it to try and 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 be this kind of partner for your spouse. Yeah, and I think if we want to be open and honest right, and intimate with each other, we have to create an environment where the hurt that we experience as a result of the actions of others are met with love and compassion for those whose actions fall outside the bounds of our, you know, our agreed behaviors, right? Like, we agreed, hey, we're not going to have pornography in our lives. And, and I think also being, understanding that, like, your spouse is also hurting, Right. When when they choose to engage with pornography and it's not in line with who they want to be and, and their values and their their moral code of conduct. Right. They're also hurting. It's not like they aren't hurting, too. And so I think when we sometimes meet like hurt with hurt, then it turns to anger and it's just it becomes defensiveness. <laughs> it, yeah. It's lots of defensiveness, lots of blaming, lot, lots of shaming going on. And so. I think that that's a really important component to understand and and recognize that that we're both hurting in this situation. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we can do as we look at this is decide that there's no outcome that we need to work to create. Right. So when I come to Darcy and I say, "This is how I feel," um, she doesn't have to work to create some sort of outcome for me. Um, do you remember that video of the, the woman who is talking to her husband? She's got a nail in her head. Yeah. And she's like, let me just tell you how much how my, head hurts. And, and my head right? hurts. My head hurts. And it's like, and he's like trying like to solve the problem in my head. And, and she, time. yeah, right. <laughs> There's so much pressure right here. And all my sweaters are snagged, right? All of that is going on. And when he's like, well, we could just take the nail out. Like he is working in that moment to create a solution for her problem. And she doesn't want a solution. She just wants to tell you what's up, right? And I think we think this is some sort of stereotypical uh, female situation, but it's not. 
men men also just want to be heard. They don't they, they don't necessarily want you to solve their problem. They really do want to be heard and feel loved. Yeah, and 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 I think both all of us, right? What do we all we all want to feel accepted? Yeah. We all want to feel accepted. We all want to feel loved. This is the fourth time today that I've that I've quoted Cheap Trick. I want you to want me, right? Cheap Trick is a band. My okay. wife is. You're looking at me. You you know the song if I sang it too, but I'm not going to sing on the podcast. I want you to want me. I need you to need me. Yes, that's I it. I love right? you to love me. That right. One? We do. We all want to be wanted. And now I'm going back to my college years of watching Ten Things I Hate About You, which <laughs> happened to be one of my favorite movies in college. Right. Which maybe I shouldn't say that, but. Right, so we all want to be wanted. Our spouse, whoever's coming to us and saying, this is what's up, they just want to be heard. We don't have to solve the problem. We don't have to seek to solve the problem. We just have to want to be there for them and hear them. So one question that you can ask yourself is, what does being open and willing to hear mean for you? Like, And, and this is going to be different for everybody, but... Actively deciding what it means so that when your spouse approaches you or when you're having these conversations, you can, you can go back to that. You can turn back to that. And I would write it down. I would highly recommend you write it down and know what it means and be like, okay, this is how I want to show up. Yeah. For me, when I think of what does being open and willing to hear mean for me, it means being, having my heart open and having being vulnerable and being willing to listen and hear what Zach has to say and what he's struggling with and and not and really not turning it around and making it mean everything about me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cuz what does it mean about you when someone struggles with pornography? Nada. Right. But what do we sometimes make it mean? Sometimes make it mean that we're not good enough. We're less than. We're not pretty enough we might be having thoughts like if only I did X, Y, Z, then he wouldn't do this or. If only I had uh, given him duty sex yesterday. Right. All kinds. We make it mean all kinds of things and you know what what you make it mean. Right. So just being aware. Or you might not know what, what you make it mean. Right. You might have to dig deep and really do a lot of self reflection about what you make it mean. Because I've talked to women that are like, oh, I know it's not about me, right? But then the more you kind of start having that conversation, you know, little bits and pieces show up of, of what they do. That, that's what I call the mean. intellectual knowledge versus the deep-seated belief, Yeah. right? So I think there's basically three levels of believing things. There's that very surface level where someone could tell you something and it, you could take it or leave it and it doesn't really matter. Uh, there's a second level, which is, you know, I think this is what it is, but I could be persuaded otherwise. And then there's this stuff that's underlying, that's deep, that we know to be true and no one can take it f- from us. Uh, and that's where most of these kinds of things live, in those deep, hard, you know, I believe this and no one can take it from me sort of place. And having a coach helps you dig through that and really expose it so that you can say, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I can put this into the second tier or even back all the way down to the first tier through some, some you know, intentional work. And in, in coaching, when we talk about being open and willing to hear, we call that holding space. But I want you to also be aware that you're not their coach. So just make sure you're, you know, you're simply holding space and allowing them to be as open as possible. 
because I think that will give them the space they need to actually be vulnerable. By the way, how long did it take us to get to this place? Years. And and why did it take us years? <laughs> well, because we were trying to figure it out on our own. I, I feel like, you know, we did so much work, and but so much of what we did was like focused on Zach being broken, Zach being the problem, Zach needing to get fixed, and me being the victim. The victim. Yeah. And and when I stayed in that role as the victim, we didn't make a whole lot of progress. Progress. It. We were stuck, and we just kept cycling. And and it was a lot of trial and error. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and there's moments right where I go back to that place of of being insecure and and worried and um you know just just my mind spinning right like i i did the wives wednesday episode a few wednesdays ago and i i talked about our most recent experience where my brain kind of wigged out yeah awesome i hope this is helpful i hope that answers uh i i hope that answers Nicole, you, you asked this question. If you're listening, I hope this answers that question for you. Um, I love that you asked this question and I'm so grateful. Uh, and I hope that we get a chance to actually meet you in the not too distant future. Cause Nicole's not, doesn't live very far from us. So <laughs> I'm super excited about that idea. Um, but I, I really truly am grateful for this question because it made us think, Oh, how do we actually implement this better? Or how do we talk about implementing this better? You know, this is something that we have implemented, but I don't think we've ever really like sat down and been like, okay, what does this actually look like? So mm -hmm. I'm super grateful for that too. Awesome. And just remember that this all takes time. This all takes trial and error. It takes practice. It takes a lot of personal growth. And you can do it with a coach or you can do it on your own. But it, it is possible and you can get to a place where you can hear what your spouse has to say and truly show up the way you want to show up. And it's possible. So just remember that. There's always hope and you can always learn and grow and do better. Yeah, and be amazing and create an amazing life. The, the amazing life that you have like envisioned but you haven't yet gotten to. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> hey, thanks guys for listening. We love you. We're so grateful for this podcast. And we're grateful for the, the chance that we have to share our lives with you and the work that we get to do with uh, so many of our wonderful clients who work directly with us. Thank you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Yes. And if you have an actual question for us, just like Nicole did, e uh, email us at info at zackspafford.com. And we would love to address your question on the podcast. And also, if you're listening on iTunes, you can just scroll down at the bottom and push that five-star review. And if you want to write a message, you can. If not, just uh, leave a review, and that would be awesome to help us get more listeners and help more people. Awesome. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Self Mastery Podcast. Every day, Darcy and I work with amazing men and women to remove pornography from their lives and relationships. If you're ready to take the next step in your journey, let us help you. Sign up for a consult at zackspafford.com slash work with me, and you can set up some time for you or your spouse 
to meet with me or with Darcy, and we can help you get started on your self-mastery journey. Thanks for listening to Thrive Beyond Pornography. If you're seeking guidance and support to overcome pornography for good and begin creating a thriving life beyond it, check out my free webinar, How to Overcome Pornography with Skills that Actually Work. You'll learn practical, proven skills guided by an expert coach who has personally overcome pornography. Whether you're getting started for just yourself or along with your spouse, Darcy and I can teach you the tools that will help you put your life on the right path for you. Be sure to check out the show notes for a direct link and... If you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, it would mean the world to us. Your reviews play a significant role in helping others discover the show so they can join us on this transformative journey. Thank you for being part of the Thrive Beyond Pornography community. Until our next episode, stay strong, stay focused, and keep thriving.